Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast. This is episode 23, movies that came from games. So movies that were inspired from games. Uh, apologize, I wanted to try to get this one out, but my kids got me sick. Or somebody got me sick. But it is not anything that's going around with the uh, COVID-19 right now. That is all really, really uh, some nasty stuff. And I hope anybody who has friends or family or anybody who has it to hopefully you feel better. And you can get through uh, get through what's going on with it. Um, I really want to talk about movies because if we're thinking of games and we're playing very two dimensional things, movies can, in some cases become 3d, but can take characters out of games and give them a little bit more substance, a little more plot that goes along with them. What's great about movies too, is that let's say you've been playing a game for a while and you want to watch something, or maybe you have a friend and you're like, Hey, this is that game I play. You should take a look at it. You can do things like that. Plus you can also get a different view and completely criticize those games. And you'll find, uh, as we're talking about the games that the average rotten tomatoes score is a 21%, which means they've been getting pretty beat up as we've been going through, uh, but also, while they're bringing, getting beat up, 38 movies have grossed $5 billion plus dollars in revenue. So that's a big deal. Now, I'm going to start with you know going down the list of the movies. I did pick some pretty big franchises out of Game World. Uh, but I'm going to talk a little bit about you know some interesting sub- substances that have occurred with them. Uh, things that have happened, directors, cast, all sorts of stuff. So let's jump in and go to the movies. Oh, I've always wanted to say that. I'm a big fan when I was a kid. All right. So Warcraft is the highest grossing film with $439 million worldwide box office. It also got a 28% on the Rotten Tomatoes. People from Rotten Tomatoes didn't like it. It was released in June of 2016. And it had a great cast. I mean, you have Dominic Cooper that's in there. You have Robert Kaczynski. Uh, Clancy Brown, Travis Fimmel. There's a whole group of really, I mean, you've seen these guys in a lot of other stuff. You know, and the project that really came out of it was started out of the 1994 game. And in 2006, they said, hey, let's start this project. They went through rewrites. They went through directors. They went through new scripts. Eventually ended up with Duncan Jones, who, again, rewrote the whole script because what he was trying to do is not make humans as the good guys and monsters as the bad guys. He wanted to show that's a 50-50, which is a really cool idea, especially in something like Warcraft, where you can play either the Alliance or the Horde. Uh, One of the really kind of very sad things was Duncan Jones, his wife was diagnosed with cancer as soon as he took over. And interestingly enough, his father, David Bowie, that David Bowie, died from cancer late in production. So this was a film where the director maybe was putting his energy and his heart into it. And I thought it was a really you know, good movie. And, you know, I, I will put it this way. Uh, my two cents are is it's a fun movie. I know a lot about that Warcraft area, what, you know, the whole map, everything. If you're not really familiar with the game, it does jump around a lot. If you are familiar with the game, uh, it doesn't really follow the game from beginning to end. And it, it, it does what, most most games do it develops like a one player you know where a game you know oh i'm going through step by step by step it doesn't really do that it's not really even like in the multiplayer but it's more of this like very open world 
the characters and the CGI characters are really, really well done. I thought it was just a, a good game kind of movie. It's a uh, it's a movie. If it's on in the afternoon, I'll slip over to it and be like, all right, let's watch some uh, CGI orcs and trolls run around. So, again, fun movie. We'll go with that. All right. The next highest growing, grossing, sorry, was Detective Pikachu. And if you've not seen Detective Pikachu, run on it and go see it right now. Wait, or wait till after the podcast and go see it. But it's a good movie. $433 million worldwide box office. It got a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the highest Rotten Tomatoes score. And it came out last year in May, May 2019. Now, it was really set to have a good cast as it went through, or a good uh, run as it went through, because it does have Ryan Reynolds and Justin Smith and Suki Waterhouse, Ken Watanabe, Bill Nighy, and again, the last two names, Ken Watanabe and Bill Nighy, are just great actors. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is, too. You know, he's he's a super-duper actor. Um, and he's been multiple superheroes, as well, built into it. But really, Detective Pikachu is based on the entire franchise, and it's, it's a loose adaptation of the Detective Pikachu game, which came out in 2016. Now, what's crazy is they had already released... The announcement for a sequel in January of 2019, five months before, there were four months before the uh, movie got out. And it is, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to tell you any of the spoilers because it is one of those movies you can go see. But it is definitely worth it if you've ever played Pokemon, if your kids play Pokemon, if you know someone who likes Pokemon, this is a great movie. Um, And what's great about it is, let's say... You like Pokemon, but say your friend doesn't like it, your girlfriend, your wife. You can actually take them along and they'll follow along and they'll get an understanding of how, you know, the game of Pokemon a little bit works in general, how you capture Pokemon. Uh, It is filled with great jokes. Obviously, Ryan Reynolds is a, you know, Canadian and world national treasure. The guy is hilarious. He makes me laugh almost everything he does. And he really understands and he plays the character that he is. So notice I haven't ruined it for you yet. Uh, but, you know, this is, it again, this is a huge uh, step in the Pokemon universe. It's opening it up from the cartoon out into regular play. And a great game, you know, game movie overall. And so if you have little kids, and I'd say probably four, maybe a little bit too little, there's a little bit of just like, you know, scary big, big guys and uh, stuff like that. The next movie is Rampage which most people who saw Rampage or heard about Rampage did not know this was a video game movie. Uh, However, $428 million worldwide box office got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was released in April of 2018. Now, it has a giant, giant cast. Well, giant from the fact that you do have Dwayne Johnson and Joe Manganiello and Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it, uh, as well as Naomi Harris and Malin Ackerman. Uh, so it does have really, you know, this is some some big time names that are in it. But the game is based off of a Midway cabinet game that was released in 1986 and went on until, you know, 2009 on various consoles. Up to today, you can actually download it on certain uh, game consoles. And the premise, and I love the premise of this game, is that you're a giant, uh, a, a, you know, a giant monster that you get to control and you break you know, bridges and you knock down buildings, you eat people, you kick cars, stuff like that. Uh, The movie 
because, you know, it was a very, you're just like walking down the street doing all this. The movie actually brought it all together and it, you know, it follows this primatologist, uh, Davis, who must team up with a albino gorilla named George. And what happens is George and two other animals, Ralph and Lizzie, and if you haven't seen the movie now, I'm not ruining it for you because you don't know it. Um, they are now attacking Chicago. So think of Chicago being attacked by giant monsters. Who doesn't love a monster movie? Uh, the really, really, really cool part of this is if you've ever played Rampage, is that you can see certain pieces of the game inside of this movie. And, you know, there's a point where, you know, in the, one of the, the bad guys office, they actually have an, a rampage arcade machine, which is cool. Uh, George actually eats a person, which is the monkey or the gorilla did it in the, in the game. And one of the people is devoured by wearing a red dress, which was a really big thing. Cause there's a woman in a red dress in the game. And, you know, those are some of the very kind of fun, cool things that went into it. Now, my two cents, I loved Rampage as, when I was younger. It was just a fun game. You sit there, it's like, you know, you're doing something different than racing cars or shooting something. You're tearing, but it was fun to tear down the building because you have to punch, 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 punch. Uh, you know, it's just, you're a giant creature. I love monster movies. It's really a lot of my fun. And, you, you know, just the plot really expanded it and made it into more of a movie. Uh, something I really, really like. So if you like a good monster movie or you need something that's just going to make you kind of chuckle. And the people that are in this movie have a great, great set of one-liners as well. I mean, really, you got The Rock. You got Jeffrey Dean Morgan. You've got Joe Manganiello. You know, just it's just really funny, good stuff. Now, the next movie is Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. $336 million worldwide box office, and it got a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it came out in May of 2010. Now, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, has Ben Kingsley, Alfred Molina, again, another national treasure, world treasure, and Gemma Atterton. Arterton. So it comes out of the 1989 uh, basic platform game, and this is a game that was one of the first very non-pixelated, non-8-bit games that I played uh, back in the 80s by Broderbun. And it was a game where you just kind of had to go through, again, like most games like Mario, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I had kind of outgrown Mario, and it was fun because the Prince of Persia would sword fight, things like that. Uh, it was, you know, it basically takes care, it takes place in ancient Persia. And, the you know, the 2010 film was really adapted and they were, it was adapted from all of the Prince of Persia games, uh, which they have original Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, you have the Warrior Within and the Two Thrones. So it was all developed into that. But the really interesting thing was Jerry Bruckheimer and Jerry Bruckheimer, Pirates of the Caribbean, really wanted this to become a franchise. He wanted it to be another Pirates of the Caribbean. He wanted it to be a Disney ride at the park. It, he wanted this to expand. It was, you know, one of those movies that just kind of did okay, but it didn't really hook people in to say, yeah, let's follow Captain Jack Sparrow or, uh, you know, the main characters in Prince of Persia. So, you know, I like I said, I played the heck out of this game um, in the computer lab. But again, it just didn't really make that, you know, that jump to the Pirates of the Caribbean. And it wasn't lacking in 
you know, star power. It wasn't lacking movie. I think it's just the story was, you know, a little different. You're not, uh, you're not being a pirate. You're not chasing things down. So, you know, it was, it was from a, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal side. I really like him as an actor, but I just didn't see him as the hero. In fact, I thought he was a really good villain in the Spider-Man movie. All right. The next set of movies, and I have to say this because this was a set of movies that kind of fit into multiple slots as we're going down. Um, but the Resident Evil movie series. So Resident Evil, great game, scary game. If you like horror games, it's a lot of fun. But in their six movies, they have brought in $1.2 billion of worldwide box, and they rank somewhere between 20 to 37% in the Rotten Tomatoes from movies that were delivered from March 2002 to January 2017. So that's like a 15-year run, which is great. And it, you know, it holds some really big actors that have been in it, including Mila Jojovich, Jojovich. Gosh, I mess her name up every time. She's awesome um, in this movie. She really plays the great uh, heroine, as well as you have folks like Michelle Rodriguez that are in it, James Purifoy, uh, Ali Larder, Jason Isaacs, and of course, I love Mike Epps. The guy cracks me up. He's hilarious. Mike Epps, you want to come on the podcast? Always welcome. Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, Resident Evil was basically an action horror kind of science fiction-y film that's based exactly on the Capcom, you know, kind of a survival horror game. And it's one of the original survival horror games, which is really kind of a cool thing because it's another genre. And the film follows out Alice Miller. And she's going through and, you know, basically creative film is a former security specialist and covert operative who battles the Umbrella Corporation, who's what they call bioweapons have triggered a zombie apocalypse in effect. And it's not just zombie apocalypse. It's scary monster apocalypse, too. And people turn into scary monsters. And it's just a great movies from a, if you need to just have a moment where you're watching creepy zombies run around and do stuff like that, watch cool, big explosions. And if you've ever enjoyed a, the fact that a game can extend itself into raccoon city, greatest city ever in a video game, in my opinion, then you're really going to like it. Uh, Again, $1.2 billion worldwide. So if you've ever seen The Fifth Element and you see Lilo Dallas Multipass, you'll know what that means if you've seen it. Same person playing Alice in this. Now, my two cents on this is it is a guilty pleasure horror movie set. And you can watch them if you've got a boring day that's coming up. And with everything that's going on with the coronavirus, we had uh, Emerald City Comic Con. We had to kind of make a decision. They want to hold the con, but a lot of people are, you know, vendors and uh, studios are pulling out. So we're probably going to try to find something else to do. You know, this may be something that we get to do that day is kind of have a Resident Evil day. And maybe you just play Resident Evil, watch some movies because they are entertaining. The cast is really kind of fun. Again, there's those one-liners that are in shoot-em-ups, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, this is a kind of a fun, guilty pleasure kind of movie. All right. The next movie is Assassin's Creed. And I'm going to probably, if anybody ever left comments on the podcast, this will be the movie they leave them on. It was released, oh, sorry, $240 million. $0.5 million worldwide box office. It got an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
and it came out in December of 2016. It had a cast, a wonderful cast. Michael Fassbender, Marianne Cotillard, Jeremy Irons, Brendan Gleeson. It actually had Brendan's son, Brian, playing his younger self. So, which is really cool. And if you've ever noticed, if go and take a look at Brendan Gleeson and look at his kids, they're in all sorts of movies. So just, it's very fun. Um, and uh, sorry, let me continue. Charlotte Rambling, Rampling, Michael K. William, Dennis Minoche. These people have been in tons of movies. So it's just like they had an awesome cast. And they take the 2016 version out of the, the game. And it's really kind of out of different pieces of the game, but it's built upon taking place during the Spanish Inquisition. And so, you know, in 1490 Andalusia, during the Granada War, you know, the you know, uh, Aguilar is accepted into the Assassin's Brotherhood. And then later on in 1986, Michael Fassbender's character, Cal, uh, finds out that his mom was killed by his dad and that he is, air quotes, a descendant of... Aguilar. Uh, it's actually, if you've never played the game, and I have never played the game when I saw the movie, it was quite entertaining. I then played the game and went, ah, oh, they missed this, or they could have done that. It's one of those connections to the, the game weren't as good, but understanding that maybe everybody doesn't play the game, they're trying to create it for a larger audience. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, I my two cents on this is that I wrote this is my the movie was hammered by critics and by a lot of game players. It really was. I again thought it was visually amazing. The cities and everything they go into are really, really cool looking. Uh, it is a classic good versus evil. The difference is what you would consider the good guys, the Templars, are actually the really bad guys, and the assassins are the good guys. So again, we're turning that around, like, you know, in Warcraft, it's not all just bad guys and good guys, it's 50-50 or different. Um, it is a very fascinating European and Middle Eastern factions at the time, and the cities are really, really, like I said, beautiful. Uh like I said, I played the game. I thought the game was great. I have to, you know, playing the game after the movie was actually much better for me because I started thinking, oh, they could have done this in the movie. Oh, they could have done this in the game. So if you've never played Assassin's Creed, go watch the movie, then play the game. You'll you'll be entertained. If you've already played the Assassin's Creed games, you're probably sitting there going, what are you doing? It's the worst movie ever. Ugh. All right. Next movie is actually out in 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 the uh, what was it? out in the theaters. Sorry, I have to think about this. Out in theaters right now, but it's Sonic the Hedgehog, and so far it was actually released on February fourteenth. Happy birthday to my brother! That's his birthday too. Uh, but so far, when I set this up last week, it had grossed two hundred and seventeen million dollars worldwide, and actually got a sixty four percent of Rotten Tomatoes. It's not the super high of you know Detective Pikachu, but right there. Um, it does have a few people in it. Ben Schwartz is the voice of Sonic. I actually thought it was John Mulaney, who, again, any either Ben or John, please come to the podcast. Great guys. But Jim Carrey, James Marston are both in this. And, you know, James Marston, Cyclops, and all the X-Men movies. And if I have to tell you who Jim Carrey is, and well, we need to talk further. Reach out to me. We'll have a longer conversation. But this is really based on the video game franchise that Sega created. And, you know, it really creates that you have Sonic and he teams up with a uh, local sheriff against Dr. Robotnik. 
which Jim Carrey, who commits to everything, is fantastic. He commits 100%. I have not seen the movie, but I can guarantee you that Jim Carrey's part is probably hilarious. Now, what's crazy about this game is the development started in 1990. And it took up until 2017 when Paramount grabbed it to even get started on thinking about doing this movie. Now, as soon as they got started, put it out. But the first trailer, Sonic, did not look like Sonic. And people freaked out. And you've probably heard like a year ago or maybe six months ago, maybe six or nine months ago, people were freaking out. Doesn't look like Sonic. Ah. So, again, my two cents on this, Sonic wasn't really a Sonic game fan. It seemed kind of boring. And that ring sound just drove me crazy. But again, I think you got a great cast that are in this. This may be a movie that we take the kids to, or we wait and watch it like four or five times, like we do all the movies we rent. Um, and it'll be fantastic. And we'll really enjoy it. All right. Just a few more movies to go. But I guarantee you, these last ones are going to be worth it. Now, the next on our list it's actually one of my favorite, and I was going to bring together the soundtracks to play this, and I didn't do it. Because see, this is I'm sick, and I'm just, you know, uh, 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 let me see if I can find it really quickly here and play it for everybody. No, it's not even playing loud. But I'm going to do this in the background. So this game came out in August, of, or this movie came out in August of 1995. It had a $122 million world box office with 46% on Rotten Tomatoes. And if you know that music, you know this is Mortal Kombat. All right. I'm going to put that on the back burner. We'll just let that play for a second while we're doing it. You know, here in the background. But this this had a great cast. And like when video game movies for, you know came out for it, this is the one. They had tried a couple of other movies. Pause that now. They tried to do a couple of movies off other games, including the next one we're going to talk about. But there just wasn't a huge play on it. And think of $122 million in 1995. We're now 25 years ahead. It'd probably be up there like with Detective Pikachu and Warcraft. Um, but again, here's some of the cast. A great cast at the time. These were big actors. We all remember them. Christopher Lambert or Christopher Lambert, if you're like anybody else I know. Robin Shu, uh, Bridget Wilson, Talia Soto, and... The fantastic Kerry Hiroki Tagawa. And if you have never seen him in a movie, I can guarantee you when you see him, you're going to be like, oh, that's, a, I totally know who he is. He is awesome in this movie. He plays the villain Shang Tsung. So if you've ever played War- Mortal Kombat, and we all did back when we were in school or right afterwards, this is built on it. Now, What's really crazy is Sandy Helberg is in this movie. Now, I don't expect you to know who Sandy Helberg, but he plays a director of one of the characters, Johnny Cage. What was crazy is they were supposed to have a cameo by Steven Spielberg. Spielberg pulls out. Sandy Helberg, you know, he he wins. So, sorry, Steven Spielberg. You could have been a part of one of the greatest comic comic book and video game and console and movies ever so you sorry steven sorry and you're fully allowed always i guess everybody else is all the celebrities i'm inviting today on the podcast um but what's great about this is this follows the game so you have luke hang who comes in and you have johnny cage and you have sonya blade and they're all brought in by raiden these are all the good characters 
<clears throat> and they have to journey and fight the evil sorcerer Shang Tsung, who brings in his, you know, big group of uh, bad guys, including Sub-Zero and Scorpion and Kano, you know, really following the exact game, which is really kind of cool. What's great about this, and these are some cool facts about it, is Mortal Kombat spent three weeks as the number one film at the U.S. box office. There was a, a two, there's a sequel in 1997 called Annihilation, and they even create, created a two spinoff TVs, one Defenders Mortal Kombat, Defenders of the Realm, and Mortal Kombat Conquest. Now, I also happen to know, for all you Mortal Kombat fans out there, there is a reboot coming. And they are thinking it's coming in January 15th of 2021. That's the air quote. Now, my two cents. I am one of the worst Mortal Kombat players on the planet. Very bad. But, you know, and my kids can beat me. They're button mashers. But this was a great movie. It was, it was you know, characters acted. They played well. You know, you Christopher Lambert was one-liners. There's one-liners all throughout the movie. You know, Carrie was fantastic. Fantastic in this movie. He plays really well. He plays a bad guy really good. Uh, you know, the you know, Scorpion, get over here. All of that is built in. All the pieces of the game are in this movie. So you can see why it was kind of a big hit back then. Plus, you know, it was just visually really a good game. So if you haven't seen it or if you've never played Mortal Kombat, go play Mortal Kombat. Not the new one because it's too pretty. Go try to find the old one. It's not as pretty. All right, two more to go. And we only have a few minutes. The next one is Street Fighter, $99 million worldwide box, 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, and November of 1994. And this, again, had another good cast. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Raul Julia, Ming-Na Wen. You just, it, it just had a great cast to go into this. The problem is, is this is like, more, unlike Mortal Kombat, they didn't have a story. They weren't trying to get through and having to fight different fights to stop. Shang Tsung and all that. They really tried to bring everything together. And again, while this was, you know, $99 million 25 years ago is not bad. It had a lot of campy tones and, you know, where you had some characters that really put into it and Raul Julia, which this was his last film. And I love Raul Julia. So I'll talk about that in a second, but it really did. You know, some of the characters really didn't push into it. What's crazy is this thing won awards they won the Saturn Awards for Best Supporting Actors for Raul Julia, Julia and Best Science Fiction Film. Now, again, I said it already. I love Raul Julia. I am heartbroken to this day that he he's not in the movie. He is great. Gomez, one of the greatest, Gomez Adams. Um, he was in Tequila Sunrise, where we talked about Kurt Russell in the last movie. Uh, but, you know, he really looked like the character. And, and again... Huge props to Ming-Na Wen. She was fantastic as Chun-Li. But this movie had so much potential that it didn't really work through it. Very sad. Now, the final movie, and you're probably all wondering, especially if we're talking about movies, is it Super Mario Brothers? Came out with $20.9 in World Box Office, a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it was came out in May 1993. So notice, not a lot of money came out of Super Mario Brothers. And it had a great cast. It had the, the immortal, God bless his soul, Bob Hoskins. You know, you may have seen him in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. John Leguizamo, who is fantastic. Go see anything he is in. He's great. Had Dennis Hopper in it as well. And Dennis Hopper, you know, again, 
God rest his soul. He's a great actor and had the immortal Mojo Nixon. And if you don't know Mojo Nixon, then you could use some fixing. Uh, that's for all my, uh, my punk rock friends. Now, you know, what's interesting is this movie was based off. It was a comedy off the video game, Super Mario. And it starts out with Mario and Luigi have to go save Princess Daisy. It's from a dystopian future, which I don't really see dystopian in Mario. I see kind of jumping around, fighting marshmallows, stuff like that. Now, what was crazy was this was this game was given free license by Nintendo to just go, boom, do whatever you can. And they wanted to create land of like a weird and dark comedy, which, you know, is like a Ghostbusters is what they were going for. But they really didn't get there. Um, what's interesting was the Mario creator, I apologize, Shigeru Miyamoto, he, he said that while the effort was put in, it tried too hard, which we've seen in a lot of movies. Again, you know, it, the, the film didn't make that much money, but it does have a cult fo- following and it's because of that it's Mario, right? Everybody loves Mario. The more interesting thing about this is the soundtrack. It had Roxette. The Divinals, George Clinton and the Goombas, which, ugh, worst name, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Extreme, Joe Satriani, Megadeth, and Queen. So a lot of big bands from that time. My two cents are, if you like camp, this is your movie. If you like Mario Brothers, this is your movie. If you like Bob Hoskins or John Leguizamo, this is your movie. Other than Bob Hoskins saying this is the worst movie he ever made. Um it is streaming somewhere. I think Disney produced this movie, so it may be on Disney Plus at some point. Take a look at this. If it's not on Disney Plus, Disney Plus put it on. But, you know, these are some really, you know, going down. We kind of went on the list of money. But every notice, every one of these games is a big time game. So go out and take a look. at. Go to the movies if you can. I know people are uh, wanting to stay indoors. Here's a great reason to go watch some video game movies. And until next time, I'll talk to you soon and stay safe.